I'm Ron Algar Watt, and this is More Bits. This is not exactly a podcast in the sense that it doesn't have a cohesive theme or regular release schedule. I currently produce two podcasts, Sarcastic Voyage, a bi-weekly comedy variety show, and a weekly comedic Star Trek review show called The Post-Atomic Horror. This is effectively a dumping ground for material that doesn't fit the formats of those other two shows. A lot of it will probably consist of semi-serious discussions with people I know, but I may also occasionally try experimenting with whatever weird crap may pop into my head. All that said, if this sounds like something you might enjoy, feel free to subscribe on iTunes or check out the show's website at more-bits.com. And now, here we go. This first episode was something I recorded with my old and dear friend Bob, his real name is Mark Bosco, a few years ago. You may have already heard this conversation as I posted it as a bonus episode of Sarcastic Voyage a while ago. Like I said, it doesn't really fit our current format, so I moved it here. It's on the subject of, well, getting shit done, as we said at the time. I've said this many times in many places. I have no idea if the things I produce are any good. That's not for me to say. I know that I'm more satisfied creatively than I was a year ago. But the one talent I will cop to having is this. I get shit done. I set a schedule for my output, and I deliver on that schedule. Sometimes this may happen at the expense of quality. And that debate, doing it right versus doing it quickly, is at the heart of our discussion. This is Mark Bosco, and my guest this week is Algar. Well, his real name is Ron Watt, but I've known him for a very long time as Al. Al, how are you doing? Hi, hello, yes, I'm good, thank you. <laughs> Gotta uh, work that in there, that's my uh, trademarked opening, so... Uh, yes, Al has his own podcast, which I, I heartily recommend you listen to. We go to A-L-G-A-R dot com. It's, uh, it's up there. I would hardly recommend it, but um, hardly, <laughs> yes. But uh, we're we're working on it, and and you yourself have been a guest a few times, and uh, we're you know we're getting there. I was very, very honored to be a guest on your podcast, sir. So all right, let's let's not start hoping each I other could return today. the favor. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having. Me. Indeed. Um, so the focus of this episode is getting shit done. Um, in, in, a, in a larger sense, I, there, there's been what, uh, has been termed the eternal argument between Al and I for a long time, uh, this, um, eternally, in fact, um, is essentially between good and fast, um, is, is, is how we kind of boil it down. The, it's, it's not even that simple really, which is what I want to explore in this podcast, um, that, you know, my initial, uh, you know, reaction to a creative idea is to plan it out and try and refine it and make it as good as possible before, um, you know, I actually put it out there and finish it and do it. And uh, it seems to me that Al's impulse is to just, like, do the bare minimum and get it out there and get a reaction to it or just kind of be done with it. And... uh I, that may be an unfair categorization of it, but I, as a as a as a broad like setting up the establishment of of this uh, particular discussion, that's not a bad description. I mean, I can I can hash out the finer points with you as we go here, but uh, in a broad sense, that's that's about right. Right. So, I mean, what what is your 
what is your initial impulse when you when you have a creative idea? Well, but before we get too far carried away with this, I, I want to mention <laughs> I am nobody. Like I don't want your listeners to think that I'm some great success. I have I've enjoyed moderate success on the web. I've got a small following. I'm I'm pleased with what I have, but I am not you're not speaking to someone who has made it and is making money doing what he likes. Well, I, okay. I want to make that clear. You're not like we're talking as friends and as <laughs> as people who have opposing viewpoints on creativity, but sure, sure, you're not asking me the secret of my success because I don't have any. No, no, no. It's it, well, I mean, to some degree, you do, but it's 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 something that's eluded me. I, I guess, I mean, you know, sometimes seriously, sometimes jokingly, we've had this argument for a long time. We tried to collaborate oh, often before, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> often seriously, uh, and you know, it's it's I take a long time to get to something that I think is refined enough to to go forward with and i was like okay just give me something now <laughs> and uh it's you know uh, well, it's, and, it's and interesting two viewpoints and i just kind of you know you've been my friend for a long time and i actually admire your ability to get stuff out there when i have a lot of ideas and not a lot of stuff that's actually well, and, and alternately i appreciate that you make things that are actually worth looking at i mean there's there's two sides to this coin and <laughs> again before we really get too far gone i'm you know we, they're both equally valid they're okay. just very different approaches no um, abs- absolutely absolutely so but i just kind of want to pick your brain to see yeah you know what what am i missing from this side what what you know parts from both of these approaches can we take and and perhaps you know think about integrating I mean, at least I want to I think about integrating, you know, some of your approach into the way I do things because oh, sure. I'm kind of tired and, of not, not actually having anything to show for all of this thought process, you know? And in any great, you know, polarizing argument, obviously, the, the usually the best path is the middle. You're absolutely right. Um, my approach tends to be, and, and this is refined over the years, I'm, I'm in my mid-30s now, so, I mean, I've had a lot of time to, to kind of work on how things go creatively, but... My approach tends to be get an idea, think about it for a little while, kind of poke at it, see if it's going to work, see if it's something I can do. I mean, there is definitely some planning there. I, I don't want it to sound like I, you know, I wake up with an idea in the morning and by by the evening it's done. There's a lot of agonizing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of – I am very reluctant to announce anything until I know I can deliver what I promise. Right. See, and and I tend to be just the opposite. I was like, I have this great idea. I want to tell everyone about this great idea that I have. It's something that I'm going to do, and I've I've learned to kind of curb that uh, that impulse. But it's really hard for me. That's that's like my first instinct is like, wow, this is really cool. What if I did this? Well, and yeah. and for I I think the the best application of this uh, of the that approach has been for uh, the podcast that I'm currently working on. That's that's probably the example I'll use the most because right now that's what I'm you know neck deep in. Mm-hmm. Um, I will not announce to our audience such as it is something's going to happen until it's in the can. I will not tell them I have spoken to Mark Bosco this week until I've actually done it because <laughs> what if, you know, what if I get sick? What if you don't show up? What if, I mean, a million things could happen. I don't want people's expectations to be something I can't deliver. So that's, that's a key part of the process for me. Mm-hmm. But overall, once I've decided, once I've committed, I, I don't spend a lot of time trying to get it right, trying to make it pretty. My best approach is to work out how to do it and just go and figure it out along the way. And as of right now, as we record this, we have done 36 episodes of the Sarcastic Voyage podcast in four months. 
And we are wow. so much better than when we started. Um, we're still not nearly where I want to be yet. But my process was just to jump in and go. And the first few make me cringe now. But because <laughs> we're just moving forward and pushing on and, and, and evolving as we go, I feel like my process is working. Like my, my approach in this particular case works because, you know, whatever didn't work last week, will we'll, you know. The, really, the principle of evolution is is the best uh, the best comparison. It's you know you adapt and you evolve and you you know you throw away what doesn't work and you you focus on what does work and you keep going. Right. Yeah. I mean, kind of that the uh, the idea of getting out the shitty first draft and then going back and revising it and right. Hey, it's oh, I I tried that recently with with like Nano which I I I really did end up abandoning because I just. I could not get past the fact that I really wanted to refine what I was working on right then. And mm-hmm. it, even even to the point where it wasn't – I just wasn't writing fast enough just because I was mulling over stuff in my head for so long. It wasn't even that I was going back and revising what was already on the page. I was kind of rewriting it in my head several times before I wrote it down instead of just blurting it out. Right. And that, that totally goes against my – <laughs> my well, not, I mean, well, what and what's strange there is you and I have painted each other, mostly rightfully so, as as being almost complete opposites when it comes to approaching uh, creative projects. But it sounds mm. like your writing process is about what mine is. I do a lot of editing in my head before I type a word, mm. and I mean, once I really get into the groove of it, I actually was uh, competing in the, the National Novel Writing Month. I refuse to use that abbreviation. I just want to. <laughs> it's so fun. Things. It just trips off the tongue. Nano you know. <laughs> It just makes me think of the the Gerardo album Mo Ritmo. It just uh, <laughs> and I just can't take it seriously. Mo Ritmo, Rico Suave. Oh, by the way, if you're hearing cat sounds, that's because there's a cat in the room. Um, she couldn't decide what room she wanted to be in, so she's now trapped in the room with me during the podcast. So if you hear the meowing, just just ignore that. It's okay. <laughs> but it it sounds like your uh, your approach to to noveling is similar to mine in that I mm. have, I, I mean, in this particular case. I had notes, I had outlines, I had a lot of pre-agonizing before I typed anything, but mm-hmm. I still kind of found my groove and, and wrote. But if I'm not mistaken, you you ended up deciding that that's just not your medium, that you would prefer to, to work not in prose. Is that, am, I, am, I, am I wrong there? I mean, Well, I, that may be... That is what that, I heard you say recently that you'd yeah. rather write a screenplay than a novel, and you kind of well, well, and that may that may be localized to this particular story, or it may be okay. an overall. I haven't written enough to really get a feel for you know one way or the other, like overall. But right. uh, they, I mean, this story was originally conceived as this is going to be a movie, this is going to be a script, and kind of taking it and trying to turn it into a novel. It was, I guess, I I'd like thought about it to a certain point. But taking it to a novel, there was a lot more detail and a lot more kind of, you know, inner workings of the characters and backstory that I hadn't. Well, right. And I know I, I've known you long enough to know that you think you tend to think more visually. And I don't think yeah. it's impossible for you to write a novel. But I think if you're going to sit and write a big story, my guess would be it's going to be a screenplay because that tends to be how you think. That, yeah, that may be. I was surprised to hear that you were going to sit down and write prose because that's usually not your style. And again, I don't mean to say that you couldn't. <laughs> just that I haven't really seen a lot to indicate that you have any interest in that. that no. That you tend to think in, in different terms. And, it's in, really just a, a means for, to translate something, you know, an idea that I have in my head into something that I could then go out and shoot. Well, right. And that's yeah. kind of why I used to, I mean, I worked in comics for a little while, self-published comics, which, by the way, 
as as life lessons go, as creative lessons go, mm. um, I can't emphasize this enough. If if you want to be a creative person, work in comics for a little while because you will become the most humble person in the world. There <laughs> it is the most thankless, just no instant gratification. Very hard to find an audience, and mm. and it's a supportive community. I'm not I'm not saying that at all. And uh, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> it requires so much patience and for so little payoff. <laughs> that you just learn so many lessons about what it is to create because you're working in a vacuum and it takes you forever to get everything right. And and, and then you, you go out there and people are just like, eh, another comic. So what? Mm. So, but well, there's, a, there's an awful lot of that in video too, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But of, of different things that I've tried really doing comics was the most humbling experience for me. Um, mm. But what I was saying is the reason... I started doing that was because I really I wanted to make movies. You and I had talked for years right. about making short films, about making features, about whatever, and we just couldn't make it happen for whatever reason. And I'm like, you know, I could I could try to train myself to think more visually. I could take my ideas and I could make a comic because hmm. you know that's what people are doing. That's what's cool right now. I'm into comics. You know, people are movies, whatever. And so <laughs> I gave it a shot, and God. <laughs> I do not have the patience for that at all, and that feeds right back into what we're talking about, which is I, I got to move. I got to I, instant gratification is the key to my approach. I I need to do something in small pieces that I can get regular feedback for that will encourage me to keep hmm. doing momentum. That's a really good point. I mean, that's kind of I guess that's kind of the um, you know the re- the reason that I want to talk about my ideas before they actually happen because I think I kind of want to feedback on it at that point. It's like, is this a good idea? Is this not? And then, you know, but then if I never actually get around to doing that idea, then I don't know. I feel like I failed somehow, you know, so it's, it's kind of, it's more depressing than it is. Yeah. (laughs) And and I've certainly been there. There's, there's a lot of the process, the creative process that is, I mean, you know, let's not fool ourselves. Most creative people are horrible, horrible, miserable, depressed people. (laughs) And some people control it better than others. Some people maybe are better balanced than others. But on Mm -hmm. the whole, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know the science, but it it seems to be people who really want to express themselves creatively tend to be a little moody, a little, you know. Right. Um, and, And my interpretation of that always has been, for me personally, I can't speak for anyone else. That it's it's an approval thing. It's it's we want attention, we want approval. That's why we create, so we can mm-hmm. have someone look at it and say, "Hey, this is good." And whether good you're doing, yeah, <laughs> now whether you're doing that. broad audience entertainment or whether you're doing elitist art, it doesn't matter. You still want someone to identify with you and look at you and validate you and say, "You're doing good work." I see what you're trying to do, and I appreciate what you're trying to do. So, I, I, I mean, I guess I, at what point in the thought process, really early on. Do you decide? Um, you decide to leap into that. I mean, how do you? Do you do you do you know how you make that decision? <laughs> so much of it is based on impulsiveness. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> but I, like I say, I've learned not to announce anything until it's ready to go. I've. I mean, I do a well, lot what, of false. At what point stuff. do you decide this is good enough? Mm-hmm. That I'm just going to get it out there. It's it's ready to get I, some I, feedback on. Huh? I spend a lot of my time starting projects, like just as much as you do, I'm sure. <laughs> I just don't tell anybody about it. I have my hard drive is full of aborted comics and novels and screenplays and uh, uh, music and yeah. But uh, see, there's a difference. Your hard drive is full of this stuff, and I've just <laughs> got I've just got it like in my head and maybe like a scribble in a notebook. 
you know, a lot of the times it's not really, it's not even enough realized enough to actually have, you know, a file. (laughs) Well, and I get, maybe that's, maybe that's the key difference is it doesn't have to be realized for me. It's, it's in my head. And if I start moving, it'll come out. Mm. And if I realize while I'm moving that it's not ready yet, then I stop and go do something else. I mean, it doesn't hurt to sit down and, and, I mean, I don't know, because I don't know specifically what kind of projects you, you have, but I mean, you tend to be more visual. So for instance, mm-hmm. if you have a really good visual idea in your head, I get a scratch pad, get a, get a sketch pad, a sketchbook and just sketch out what you're thinking and just sit and who cares if it's crap, no one's going to see it, but you mm-hmm. and just draw. And if it's good, keep working with it, make it better. If it's not, eh, put it away. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's, that's my approach. That's, I, like I say, I have a number of comics that I've started and stopped comics more than anything. Cause that's what I've been working in up until recently. I finally decided, okay, this is enough. There's not enough instant gratification here. I need to move on to something else. <laughs> but I mean, I, I did a web comic with a, with a collaborator of mine, the guy I record my podcast with Matt Robotham. Right. Uh, and that, that just wrapped up at the end of the year, right? Yeah. Um, we, we did or will three... have by the time you listen to this. Right. I, <laughs> I always record so far ahead of time that I never know how to tell listeners like my tenses are all fucked up. I don't know. <laughs> it will have been happened. <laughs> it's done in 2009. We'll say that. Um, but we did that for three years. We did three different iterations of it. And, and because again, that, that comes back to what I was saying about kind of dividing a project up into bite-sized pieces and not committing to something too big. Right. I mean, when we it, did, it's, Oh, I'm, uh, I, I'm just coming back to the same point as like, but you have 150 comics or, yeah. you know, or so, but, but we never committed to doing more than 50 at a time. Like let's do these weekly for the year. And I would plan 50, you know, with two weeks off at the end of the year, that's 50 comics. So it's kind of splitting it up into smaller chunks. Yeah. I never intended to do three years worth. I only looked at sort of the next little bit. Right. And I never, I never announced it until we had about 10 or 12 in the can and I never started posting them until then because what if we did three or four and we just stopped? Right. I'm not going to – nothing bugs me more. And and you may take this personally and I don't want you to because this isn't directed at you. But, no. but I could see you interpreting it that way because you've done this before. But so uh-huh. have I. Okay. Nothing bugs me more on the internet than seeing someone's excitement over starting a blog and then two months later the, the posts just trail off and there's nothing. <laughs> You've done it. I've no, done it. I do that a lot with a lot of different projects. 90% of the internet is, hey, look at my blog, and then three posts later, there's nothing. Right. I mean, this podcast, for example, <laughs> you know, started off with four or five episodes kind of scattered and then just trailed off completely for almost a year or so. Well, I mean, that's, but that's kind of my, you know, I wanted to come back to this with a different tack, I think. I mean, it had been previously, there was a lot of news we were trying to like comment on on interesting stuff that was in the news tech wise or media or whatever um and so you know essentially it's named beer media tech for historical reasons at this point but <laughs> i'm just trying to make it into something where it's well and, I, and as, I have i have interests and i have you know subjects that i want to explore and i want to have guests on to just talk about that and it's kind of an outlet for all the you know the half uh, started projects or, or days wasted exploring stuff on the internet where I could just, you know, let's, let's focus this into something that I can actually, you know, share with somebody else. Sure. And and I got to say, as a, probably your oldest friend and certainly one of your closest friends, I felt a little alienated. And again, this is just me, but I felt a little alienated by your subject matter because I, I don't really drink and I don't really get that deep into tech stuff. 
Uh-huh. So it's like, well, I want to support my friend, and I want to—I know he's talented, and I know he knows talented people, and I'd love to hear what he has to say. But uh, yeah. you know, I don't really care about the subject matter. So for me personally, seeing that you're broadening your topics because you're into a lot of stuff that I'm into, and if you're going to start talking about more different, varied things, then you know, you'll probably mm-hmm. have me as a listener, and that kind of feeds back into one of my own philosophies, which is, you know, there's—I mean. There's selling out. There's deliberately calculating something you know people are going to like. Mm-hmm. But then there's also looking at something that you can do and picking the thing that's accessible. You understand what I mean? Like, Yeah. I mean, I, I don't need to be another, you know, weekly news, whatever podcast comment stuff. I mean, there's tons of those already. I don't need mm-hmm. to do that. Even though it's fun to do and I like chatting with right. folks about it, it's not something that I need to share with the world. But I think, <laughs> you know, focusing on on – more personal topics and trying to explore those in greater detail. Well, right. And as I say, being, being your friend and knowing you for as long as I've known you, you have a lot of interesting things to say about a wide variety of topics. And it pleases me as a potential listener to see that you're going to be focusing on different things because, you know, we've had a lot of great discussions over the years and, and you have, like I say, you have a lot to say and I'm very interested in seeing what, you know, what it's going to be about. And, And now you've hooked me because now, you know, it's kind of a broader approach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we try to do that on, on our show as well. We kind of sometimes get into these spe- very specific esoteric topics. <laughs> Star Trek. And we always, well, yeah, Star Trek. <laughs> we, we finally decided, okay, rather than littering all, every episode, which is supposed to be a comedy show with nothing but Star Trek references, let's do a couple <laughs> of shows just about Star Trek and get it out of our systems. <laughs> exactly. And that keeps everybody happy. But, but really, uh, the overall approach for me, like go, going – well, again, this podcast, my, my podcast right now is the thing that I'm focused on. I, I Interestingly enough, I was on somebody else's podcast, which actually never ended up surfacing. He recorded a couple with me and mm. with a few other people, and he just never ended up publishing it for whatever reason. And I looked at that as yet another example of, oh, well, here's, you know, here's, here's another person with a good idea who's not doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked at what I had going, and I said, you know, the comic's wrapping up. I don't have any big projects going right now. Matt, the guy I work with, is is still in a position where he's willing to work with me, and we're, we got a good rapport going. And if I let that go stale for too long, we're going to lose it. Mm-hmm. Why don't I try a podcast? And so we started recording, and the, like again, those first few were not great, but right. you know, I, it just to me it, it was something that I looked at and I said, you know, I could do that. And that's really all it took in that case. I mean, I, I think they've been really interesting. I mean, I mean, I'm glad you did take off on that. I mean, obviously, you know, at first it was I was listening to it because it was you and I know you. Sure. But I, I your guests have been really fascinating. And and that's that's really. I mean, I'm not trying to be self deprecating by saying, oh, it's not great yet or whatever. Really, I don't think we're to where we can be. I see a lot of potential sure. in in Matt, in the people that we know, in what I'm learning technical wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm much more comfortable on the microphone than I was three months ago. I'm, I'm more capable of putting together a show that you can actually hear. But again, that comes back to what we were talking about, my process. I jumped in, I made some crap, and then it got better. And now, right. as you say, it's it's pretty interesting because as I'm flailing and as I'm saying, okay, well, I can only call my <laughs> high school friends for so long, no, no matter how interesting they are, right. I'm going to have to start finding other guests. <laughs> I really started combing through, okay, well – I was into comics for a while. I know a lot of these people who make comics mm-hmm. and through them, I know some other people and, you know, so on. And it just, it really forced me. It's probably, part of it is probably that panic. I, 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 I kind of try to live right on the edge of, 
not being prepared and pulling something out of my ass at the last minute. <laughs> that's when the best stuff tends to come. Mm. Yeah, I, I've like I, I've dealt with that over the years as well. Where it's I, I kind of came to the belief that that I did my best stuff at the last minute. But I think really, I do my best stuff anytime that I'm actually concentrating on it. And it's only that I've kind of created this crisis mode right. at the last minute by procrastinating that I actually finally sit down and do it. Right. So it's uh, I mean, at least well, for I mean, me, that it seems to have been like kind of a false. Uh, you know, the, well, the false conclusion. And I don't want to misrepresent that I only live like that because if I did that next week's show wouldn't happen because, you know, because as I mentioned, uh, creative people tend to be moody. And if I have a day where I don't feel like getting out of bed, then the show won't get done. There has to mm -hmm. be a backup plan too. There is, as we evolve, it's hard to explain. I'm moving forward, but I'm also filling in the, the foundation as we go too. How do you, but, how do you deal with that? I mean, if you have, how do you motivate yourself if you have this day where you just, you know you don't feel well, up to it or the 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 best motivation and, and again I've only been doing this for 4 months I'm not an expert but for me it's it's been working really well is that instant gratification it really is the the momentum and and twitter has helped immensely oh yeah and if not twitter it would have been a message board or facebook or something i mean some other kind of form of instant feedback but right now it happens to be Twitter. That's where a lot of our audience is. And I'm in a position right now where we're posting twice a week. We post Tuesdays and Fridays. That's um, amazing to me that you can get two done every week. Well, I, 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 I mean, thank you for saying that, but it's not you that have hard. the time. We just, we, we just talk. <laughs> There's not much to it. Really. No, but um, we, we post them twice a week. And what I do is, I mean, I, I'll put it up like Monday night before mm -hmm. I go to bed because I'm on the West coast and it's just easier so that the people coming to work Tuesday morning will have it. Mm -hmm. Like if I posted it before I went to work, it wouldn't be there. But that, that doesn't really matter. My point is when I get up Tuesday morning and I go to work and I, I fire up uh, whatever Twitter app I happen to be using, I see a steady stream of, of input, of reaction, people who listen at work, people who listen on their commute, whatever. And we got 30, 40 people now on Twitter. I mean, we got more listeners than that, but directly talking to me right, saying – Oh my God, I can't believe you did that. This guest is great. That's gross. That's, that's awesome. That's, you know, maybe don't do that. You know, just, it's usually positive, but sometimes it's, it's constructive. It's never like, oh, you guys suck. Uh -huh. But it's just, to me, that instant gratification, and I've spaced it out in such a way that twice a week, I'm all, I'm always either recording or promoting, or I, I'm in a position where I always have to do something and there's, there's enough to encourage me. There's always just enough there to encourage me that I want to keep doing it. And I, I haven't really had a lot of days where I don't want to because, you know, I'm never more than three or four days away from posting something that I'm really proud of and I want to hear what people think about it. Right. And that's enough to push me, you know? You, you haven't always been doing the podcast and you haven't always been on Twitter. I mean, there, is there no, that's something what else that was that, kind of – I mean, I understand that's what's happening right now. But, I mean, before This is the most that, successful thing I've ever done, so I can only really speak for this. <laughs> I, I've tried a lot of crap before I got here. I mean – Right. I mean, but I, obviously with the comic, you were – you know, you're putting out one a week without fail and yeah but again we got we had like 10 or 12 in the bank before we even started posting those mm -hmm. so and did, then it did was, you ever kind of use up that buffer or into that once or twice that far ahead once or twice we tried to stay that far ahead um and when you collaborate with someone i don't want to specifically speak ill of matt because he's generally a good person to work with but when it, really when you work <laughs> with anybody 
Or you can gonna speak be... worse of me, I'm sure. No, 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 no. <laughs> there, whenever we collaborate on something, sometimes I have to say, come on, come on, come on. But <laughs> that's because you're trying to make it good. Right. Which comes back to what we were saying before. But no, apart from that and apart from occasionally there are days I didn't want to do it, I, you know, we were 10, 12 ahead. And so I had that, that comfort zone. Hmm. Before, really the first creative thing I ever did, and I don't want to go through my stupid resume of all the stupid things that I've done, but, but the name Sarcastic Voyage initially applied to what I then called a column, what you probably would now call a blog, mm-hmm. uh, 500 to 1,000 word comedic essays on whatever topic I felt like at least once a week. Sometimes I was doing it up to three times a week. Right. And I had a, back then it was AOL and a mailing list, but it was the same principle. It was, there was always a new column right around the corner. There was always feedback coming in. I kept it so it wasn't too hard to maintain, but it was just enough. You know what I mean? Like, that's what works for me is always having that that's, next high to look forward. To. Yeah, that's interesting having that that feedback, like you're saying, from the uh, from email or from the message board or from Twitter, just kind of getting oh, it's that evolved. constant feedback. Yeah, the the the, for, the format, you know, the forum has evolved over the years, but it's still basically the same principle. I could not be doing this without the internet. Hmm. Having that instant gratification of putting something out there in small pieces and getting constant feedback from people is what keeps me going. I can, I could not write a 120-page screenplay and then have it produced over six months or a year, however long it takes to make a movie. I do not have that patience. Hmm. That's why I stopped making comics. I don't have the patience to spend more time creating than I do having people tell me that they love me. <laughs> I, I'm being a little facetious there, but you know what I mean? Like right. to me, it's, it, it's come down to what really works for me is breaking it down into manageable chunks that I can get regular feedback for that encourages me to keep going. Right. So like, um, you know, like you were saying before about kind of, you know, you're planning for 50 weeks of your comic or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. Do you, you split it down finer than that and just kind of give yourself deadlines or your goals as far as, you know, within that structure, we, I'm going to be at this point here. And I try to. Uh, okay. It doesn't always work that way. Um, that's a thing that I've learned over time, and I kind of a lesson I have to keep reminding myself is it's important to set deadlines. It's important to keep deadlines, but it's also important not to completely beat yourself up when you miss a deadline because I'm, I've seen you do this as well. You, you, <laughs> you set this lofty goal for yourself, and then you, you fail. And the failure is write an entire movie in a right. weekend. Damn it. The, the failure is not the bad part. It's it's what you do to yourself after that perceived failure. That's that's what kills you. You and me and a lot of other people. Is and that, what is that? Well, you set a weekend. You, you, uh, let, let's not use write a movie in a weekend because that's unrealistic. <laughs> sure. It's a, let's call it a realistic goal. Let's call let's, it write a, write a novel in a month. Okay. <laughs> Just say a recent example. But I mean, if you think that's a doable goal, what I, my, 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 obviously uh, some people think it is, <laughs> but the foundation of my example for you specifically is uh-huh. a goal that you know you can accomplish. Sure. Let's say you, you decide in a weekend to write a short film, like a 20, 30 page script or something. Uh huh. And for whatever reason, you don't finish it by Monday. Like you say, okay, Monday morning, that's it. It's going to be, you know, 20 pages, let's say. Mm hmm. Meow. <laughs> um, and and you don't do it. Okay, well, that's two days wasted maybe, mm-hmm. but then that's also another week wasted beating yourself up because you wasted that two days. Mm-hmm. You understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's kicking yourself more than the, the initial failure instead of just saying, oh, well, maybe that was an unrealistic goal or maybe, you know, 
maybe I just need to move the deadline. Maybe now it needs to be Tuesday. Right. Like to me, that was, that's a big lesson that I have to keep reminding myself that sometimes you don't always succeed and it's important to, you know, to recognize where your limitations are and to, you know, to yeah. try to stick to deadlines. But that's a good point. I mean, I do tend to, uh, I feel like I, I often give up at that point that yeah. I've like, I haven't met an early deadline that I made for myself. And it's like, oh, well then this whole project yes. is crap. And I just, that tends have... to be my approach as well. It's like you, you, you really, there's no better, there's no nice way to say this. You throw a little temper tantrum. <laughs> and and I'm not saying you, I'm saying we. Yeah. Because I do this just as much as you. Sure. I, I, it's like I'm, I got, I got something on my desk. I've started, but the, you know, the alarm bell rings or, or something interrupts me or something. And I'm like, Oh God. And I just like sweep it all off the desk. And it's this whole thing. <laughs> like, well, well that I'm just never going to do it ever again. <laughs> you know what I mean? You remember that guy on uh, Sesame street? What was uh, Don music? Where wow. he plays something on the piano, and then and then he get it wrong, and he bang his head. And, you know, I'll never get it, never, never, never. You know what right. I'm talking about? Yep. yep. That, that's that's what it's like. <laughs> and it's like you know what? Get over yourself. Dust yourself off. Get up and do it again, or keep doing it, or whatever. Hmm. And again, I have to keep reminding myself of this, but it's something I've gradually gotten better at over hmm. the years. You know, and you're your own worst critic. That's a that's a cliche, but it's still true. You know, I mean, it is. No, it is. nobody. Nobody can admonish you better than you for for not meeting a deadline or whatever. Do you um do you, do you find yourself kind of starting multiple projects at once and? Oh yeah. I mean, how do you how do you deal with that? I mean, do you like kind of just um, say I'm going to partition my attention, or do you just like go with one until you're you're bored of it or sick of it or just mad at it and move on to something <laughs> else? Or? I, I I tend to be I I would. I'm going to cop to this and say that I am manic depressive. I may not have been properly diagnosed as such, but I'm pretty sure Mm. I get fits of mania where I feel like doing every project is possible and doable and let's do it right now. And then fits of, Oh God, what am I doing? I can't write. I, what am I, I'm fooling myself. You know, I mean, it it comes and goes. I think I've kind of learned to ride that cycle and I've learned not to get overconfident when I hit sort of a manic spike and I'll have a bunch of projects going at once, but, just kind of quietly like in my notebook i'll just like usually what i do personally and, and it'll vary from person to person but i have mm-hmm. a, a spiral notebook like a like a, a college bound five subject spiral notebook yeah and each partition is like a different project and that's all it is and i'll just scribble and scribble and scribble and if i get inspired i'll you know and if, and if it really feels like that idea is ripe enough to do something with then i'll take it to the next step but otherwise i try not to let myself get too carried away and i say you know what just leave it to notes for now just don't you know how do you deal with notes as far as like smaller ideas that you that you might have they're like okay well i'm just going to scribble this down i'm not even going to really focus on it at all right now but it's like kind of someday maybe do you just oh i have a huge file of stuff like that but how do you deal with that i mean you just kind of go back and look at the files or do you have it actually filed in some way i have i use a i use a program called journaler which is just a just a collection of text files basically arranged in folders it's nothing complicated Uh and i'm sure you know 10 better apps off the top of your head for doing what it does but uh not really okay (laughs) but all it is 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 a way to file text files and and right now let me open it up just to just to give you an idea I have I have a section for personal stuff where I have, you know, like my own personal journal and financial crap and stuff I want to buy and crap like that. But then creative stuff, uh-huh. 
I have it divided into current projects, things that I'm working on right now. And mm-hmm. there's only, I try to make sure I only have two things going on at the same time. That's an arbitrary number, but I know I can maintain that. Right. Right now it's the podcast and uh, I do these uh, five minute reviews of the old Transformers show on uh, YouTube, which is, it sounds pretty stupid and it's not great, but it's helped me as a com- comedy writer and I've done 70 some of them so far. And uh, my son really enjoys those. Yes, yes, your son is a is a is an avid supporter of all my endeavors. In fact, <laughs> and he's what uh, coming up on thirteen. Yeah, uh, as we record, he'll it'll be just a couple of weeks. Yeah. So, oh, all right. You, you know, you know what you tell your kid. You know what you say to your wife about. Uh, well, if we don't teach him, he's going to learn it out on the streets. Well, I'm the streets. <laughs> well, he's learning stuff from me. So. Thank, thank you for being the streets for me. Uh huh. Um, but anyway, right now I try to only keep two things in the current projects folder. And right now it's, uh, it's the podcast and the, the Transformers reviews. I just kind of those, giving yourself a limit on. Yeah. Because I know I can stuff do. that I can actually focus on. Right. And then I have, uh, I have one for completed projects. If I want to go back through and look through stuff or whatever. And then I have one for possible future projects and there's a million subfolders in there. I mean, there's a, yeah. there's a novel, there's another comic, there's, I mean, just, and I, I, I'm even reluctant to tell you what might be in there because that kind of violates <laughs> my idea of announcing something before it happens. So, uh, oh, no worries. I mean, I, I have, <laughs> but that's, that's how much of a barrier I've put up in my head. I don't even want to tell you that I'm planning a novel mm-hmm. until I know I can write it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, I have, I mean, I like, I write some of that stuff down. I think my real problem is not going back to it. It's like, I kind of, I've got it out of my head. It's onto a piece of paper somewhere. Lord knows where at this point, but it's, you know, it's out there and I just kind of move on to something else. And I like, I have too many, too many things going on in my head. I'll give you a good good illustration of how this has worked. Yeah. When I, when we wrapped up our webcomic, which, um, we planned it to go through the year and it mm-hmm. ends in late December, but we finished drawing them in August. We wrapped it up. That That's how, how much of a buffer I had. And when usually that momentum of the last few strips, like when we get to strip 40, I'm like, you know what? We only got 10 left. Let's bang these out. Uh-huh. And when we finished, um, I had kind of a, a period where I stopped and I said, I'm only working on one thing right now. I can fit more. And I started going back through the file. Mm-hmm. I said, what, what do I have here? What do I, what do I have? I got my novel and, and, it's unfair for me to say I've got this perfectly down to an art because I keep threatening to write this novel and I did participate in National Novel Writing Month and I kind of trailed off myself. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not a paragon of productivity either, <laughs> but uh, I, I failed there too. But, um, it's but that's not a something. failure. You made progress on it. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you didn't win according to their rules, sure. No, but... I, didn't, I didn't care about their rules so much as I cared about finishing this idea that I've been toying with for 20-some years. Okay. But um, – and that was just an excuse. I didn't. I don't care about the word count. If I finished it at ten thousand words, and it's done, you know. I mean, so are you, like while you're working on the the you know the two projects you have in your current folder, mm-hmm. um, you're essentially you're you're kind of taking any other ideas you have and just making a conscious effort. I am not even going to process this really, you know, any any further oh. than I need to write it down right now, and then I'll just go back to it later once I've. Finish yes. one of my current projects. Or? Yes, but there's. I mean, you know as well as I do, as well as pretty much any creative person I've ever met. When you get a burst of inspiration, you can't say, "I'll deal with you later." Right. Sometimes you gotta give birth right there. It's ready to come out. <laughs> but that doesn't mean you have to make it right now. So I may I may waste a week. Well, I say waste, not really waste. 
but I may spend a week on something I know I'm not going to work on right now just until the idea is out of my head mm. and it still goes away in the file. So just fleshing it out enough that it's like, you know, you still have more stuff in your head. Yeah. Until I'm to the point where I know, okay, I've, I've, I've fished everything out of my brain. It's, it's not going to keep me awake at night thinking, why aren't you working on me? You know, like <laughs> it, the notes are there and I'll come back to them. And sometimes, honestly, I'll go back to the notes and I'll say, this is, this is crap. What was I thinking? <laughs> and that's another advantage to this approach is, and, and a lot of people will tell is you this. It's time to percolate. Yeah. They always say, you know, write your first draft, then put it away, and then come back. Right. And maybe my first draft is notes. I don't know. Hmm. But uh, but anyway, I, I got to the point where we finished the webcomic, and mm -hmm. I was only doing the reviews, and I do one of those a week, and it's like a thousand words, and it takes me it takes me a couple hours, but not that long. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I can do something else. What do I got? And I started looking through the project, mm -hmm. and I had a couple of false starts. I, I started another webcomic, and that didn't go anywhere, and I started toying around with some other stuff and it just so happened that i made that podcast appearance i was telling you about mm -hmm. and i got to thinking i got this gap in my schedule i got this collaborator who's more than willing to work with me i've always liked working with audio stuff let's give this a try and so what i did was i started going through i have an uh, a file of just assorted jokes just if i think of a funny concept or a funny word or if, you know anything mm -hmm. just jokes and I, and I start I, – I, I pick through that all the time. It has it's categories like, like monkeys and pants. Yes, it's, it's broken measles. down into the, to the essential uh, comedic elements. Fire. Yes, fire, monkey, pants, and uh, I think it's bears now. There's, there's bears. A, we've discovered a few more, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But really, I mean, I, I've tagged them – well, how have I tagged them actually? Let's see here. Just as an example. Mm -hmm. I have like uh, – bear with me. I'm sorry. I, I wasn't – Okay, yeah. I have ideas without homes, <laughs> random narrative passages, uh, let's see, essay topics, just miscellaneous jokes, just lots of different things that might fit different things. Hmm. And when we're doing the podcast and we're kind of struggling for comedy, I'll say, you know what? I thought of a funny thing relating to this the other day. Maybe I can bat that around with Matt and I'll just pull it out of the joke file. Hmm. Okay. And I, I actually would – I'm not beyond recycling my own material either. Um, <laughs> I did a, a total time-wasting thread on the message board that I spent a lot of time on, uh, which is – the, the, the conceit of it was, you know, everyone asks me questions and I answer them in a funny way. Ask Al. Yes, and it went on and on and on and on. And for the longest time, I felt like, well, this is fun, but I could be doing something productive. And one day it occurred to me, you know, I'm still writing jokes. No, There's nothing saying I can't pull out my favorite jokes and use them somewhere else later. Mm. And so, and I'll do that when I'm on Twitter, if I say something that I think is particularly funny and, you know, I admit there's a certain arrogance there, like, <laughs> oh, look how funny I am. But you know, there's gotta be when you're creating. It's like there's, favoriting your own tweets. Right. I don't do that. That's, <laughs> oh. that's for weirdos. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Do you do that? <laughs> Every once in a while. I actually, it's... I only use the favorite function to, um, to flag when a when a celebrity has answered me, so I still use it in my own uh, egotistical way. <laughs> it is weird. I kind of tend to use the um, the favoriting function almost as like a bookmark, just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm on my phone right now, and that is like a page with a flash on it, and yeah. I need to look at it later, or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, I've, um, actually, I, I I didn't realize people did that until the other day when um, someone informed me that Felicia Day had favorited right. someone recommending the Sarcastic Voyage podcast to her. Right. And it's like, whoa, hey. Which is very cool. 
there's a slight chance she might actually listen to us now. Because <laughs> apparently, I guess what it was is she asked people for recommendations. I think she probably just favored them all. Mm-hmm. And she may never listen to us. But the fact is, someone more famous than I, you know, said, hey, I may take a look at this. And that got me a little excited. Like, hey, neat. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I have, a, I have a file of just jokes of whatever. And, and right. I try to be conscious of if I think of something funny or if I say something unusual or whatever. Matt and I do a lot of... Um, like we'll be talking on AIM or we'll be talking in our pre-show before the the podcast. And we, we tend to usually be on, we tend to usually be making jokes, even if we're not working for an audience. And so right. sometimes there's good material there and I don't like to lose that. So I write it in the file. And so as a result, these files are huge now and I have a wealth of material. If I'm ever struggling for something to do, I've been writing it down for years and it's all here. Right. Okay. The the other thing I wanted to ask you about the um, you actually mentioned on Twitter earlier today that um, you uh, you didn't have your your uh, Rimmer schedule in front of you <laughs> that, that uh, you it, uh, Rimmer from Red Dwarf who uh, uh, you know made this complex schedule for his exams and spent more time doing that than actually studying. For yeah, them. The, the joke was that he would have uh, like you know, a month to prepare for his exams and he would just keep making schedules and keep making schedules until the last second he would have to cram for the exam and inevitably he would fail. And then he would start making schedules all over again. And there's really great narrative passages to that effect in, in, in the Red Dwarf novels. But that, that really made an impression on me because that reminded me of, of, uh, well, I'll be honest. It reminded me more of you than of me, but, uh, <laughs> well, but I do it as well. I was going to say it actually kind of surprised me that you would say that about yourself because it, it seemed like something I would do and not something that I imagined well, you doing. When when we hit the point, I mean, and and I, I I know I've said this before. I feel like I keep needing to say this. I I am not <laughs> I am not a professional. I am not a successful person. I keep feeling like. I'm telling people here's the secret to producing. Okay, but you have you have thousands of columns, you have hundreds of comics that are out there, dozens yeah. of podcasts. It's you know you have a lot of stuff that's out there that I really admire you, your sure, ability and, and always, to to get that stuff out there. And that's you know I've that's always why said, I will ask you these questions. I, I don't know what my actual talent level is as far as content. I can't speak to that. Some people like it, some people don't. Whatever. I don't. I don't really care right now, but. Mm-hmm. I have always said the one thing that I can acknowledge my talent is, is getting stuff done. I know I have learned my own patterns and I know how to do things. Right. Um, and in that you are successful. Yes. And I believe that I'm good at that. Um, and again, if I'm good at anything else, I don't know, but that is the one thing I'm good at. I'm um, going to start that right there. <laughs> all right. Um, anyway, the, your schedules. That That's sort of the second part of the process. Mm. I, I will recognize the potential for a project. I'll look at the very basics. I'll say, okay, I got a co-host. I got a basic idea of a format. I got some friends I can talk to. Let's jump in and do this. And it started taking form over time. And Mm -hmm. it started becoming, I started getting more clear idea of what I wanted. I also do this thing where if I start working in a specific medium, say comics, I tend to shut myself off from that medium. I stopped reading comics when I started making comics. Hmm. I don't listen to podcasts. I I don't want to inadvertently rip them off. Hmm. I don't want to limit myself by seeing what other people do and thinking that's all I can do. I, most of it is ripping off. I don't want to make it sound like I'm some great artist, but there is a measure hmm. of I think I can be more innovative if I don't see other people's limitations. But most of it is because I tend to subconsciously rip things off without even knowing it. And so I, there's very few podcasts I listen to right now because I don't want to 
be like someone else. I want to try to do our own thing. That's really interesting. It's a, like I tend to watch a lot of movies in mm-hmm. and kind of telling myself <laughs> the story that you know this is actually really good because I'm I'm like you know seeing the way the story structure goes together and the way these shots are made and oh and it is and I, and that. but you but study it. But, you know, have I made a feature film? No. So, you know, <laughs> perhaps that's not valid as I think it is. This is something that the comic book writer uh, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, I went to one of his writer seminars at a, at a comic convention. And he's one of the more successful writers for Marvel. Mm-hmm. He's, he's had success with uh, sort of independent, like, uh, noir, crime noir stuff. And he's had success with Marvel doing big superhero stuff. I mean, he's, he's pretty much made it. He can do, you know... He he can write a lot of different things, and he's very successful. And one of his major pieces of advice was exactly that. was, And that's where I got that from, was if you're working in comics, study film. If you're working in film, study TV. You know, like just don't don't necessarily immerse yourself. And, and it might not work for everyone, and this isn't necessarily, you know, the, the gospel. Mm-hmm. But his point was don't approach it head on. Don't just look at what everyone else is doing that's like you because then you're just going to be like them. Mm. Try to try to broaden your perspective and look at things that might not be directly related to what you do, so you can you know right. approach differently. So right. I mean that's that's something that I think I've I've actually kind of become a better TV editor, mm-hmm. watching a lot of films, just kind of you know getting different cadences and and seeing how you know these these story structures come together. Oh, absolutely, and I think and, I think in that context, bringing a film sensibility to television certainly doesn't hurt. Yeah. Television, it, it's it's television to television's advantage that you're bringing you know a, a a more artistic sensibility to what's ostensibly a more commercial venture. You know, I mean, well, I mean, and, mm, I don't know. That can go both ways, but the, well, uh, but you understand what I mean, but, like yeah, like exactly. For, for better or worse, film is per- perceived as a, a a better for for want of a better word medium. Like it's more, it's it's more valid. honest, artistic, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though in a lot of a lot of times it's not. Um, well, and, and in my own personal opinion, I I am more entertained these days by by serialized television than I am by single films. But that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. My my point is, you're looking at something that's not exactly the same, and you're taking a slightly different aesthetic. And by bringing that outside perspective to something, you're you're making it better. You're making it, you know, you're broadening the canvas that 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 medium's working in. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so back back to your schedule. Yes. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> so what I do, I, I jump in, I start working. I try to shut myself off from outside influences and I just work. And as this thing started taking, taking shape, like I said, I reached a panic point where I kind of ran out of, cause I mean, I had a few people that I went to school with that are, that are now successful in their own right. There's you, there's Mark Darren. Uh, there's a couple other people, Jason Ellis, mm-hmm. um, who are both interesting to talk to. Um, they have good voices for, for radio type stuff. And, they have something interesting, you know, that they're doing. Once I ran out of, you know, high school friends to exploit, I was suddenly in a position where I had to like struggle and, and think. And that's what, <laughs> that's what I had. Like, I couldn't just work on my feet anymore. But by that point we had 10 shows in the can, let's say. And now I could start thinking ahead. I basically, I act first and then I think there, there is thinking involved, believe it or not. <laughs> it's not all improv- improvisation. And, now we're to the point where, like I say, we're up to show 36, and now I have uh, out to show 100 planned meticulously. Wow. Okay. So is that are you are you saying then that that's not this like kind of major scheduling is not something that you normally do just for yourself, but it's just kind of stemmed out of having to deal with so many additional guests and and that sort of thing. Well, 
I, I see the need, and I think this is part of you and I have disagreed over the years over our approach. And mm-hmm. and I think, and and correct me if I'm wrong. I think you believe that I don't like to plan things, and that's not it. I like to start things and then plan them, which sounds stupid, <laughs> but it works. <laughs> Doesn't the planning usually come before the starting? Isn't that kind of the plan uh, aspect uh, of it? Well, for for me personally, no, because if I if I planned first, I would never stop planning. Uh, yeah. See, I, that's part of my problem. That's to to me. I, and, and again, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but this is what works for me. Mm. I start the car, I drive the car, and then I figure out where I'm going. <laughs> That's just how it works. And I always get there. Mm. And you may take a better route and you may see prettier stuff and you may save more gas or however we're taking this stupid metaphor that's gone too far. But <laughs> I'm already in the car while you're still looking at the map. And that is m- my advantage, whereas your advantage is you probably got there a better way. Mm. It's kind of like the tortoise and the hare if if the hare didn't actually stop and be lazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. The, the, whole, the, the key to this approach is momentum. Hmm. Once you start moving, you will continue moving. The, for me, and it might not work for you, but I bet it would. No, I, I bet it would too. Uh, as, as much as you and I have been at odds over the years, I think we are similar in, in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, I, I think that that principle would apply to you, which is, Okay, yeah, you you start with something that's kind of a half half assed, half baked idea, but mm-hmm. once you get moving and you feel that excitement and you feel that initial like whatever you need that get, makes you move. For me, it's attention. I'm mm-hmm. not going to deny I'm an attention whore. Oh yeah, me too. And no, like I say, nothing pleases me more than waking up Tuesday morning and seeing people loving us. I mean, that's that's fantastic, and it it's what makes me say, okay, well they love that, so I better get on to the next one now because this won't last forever. Right. And, momentum that's that's the key you got to start you got to get in the car and start moving that's just so but once once that happens then i i I acknowledge okay i can't work like this forever i got to stop i got to reorient myself we really are going to do this twice a week huh we're going to keep doing this we're going to okay i need a plan and i have this friggin elaborate matt laughed at me for (laughs) no kidding just five minutes he was audibly laughing because I asked him if he had Excel. And he's like, oh, why? <laughs> well, I have a schedule. You made a schedule in Excel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> laughing. Because he, you know, but that's, I got to that point where I said, you know. Right. You don't, you don't have to, I guess, I guess the, the lesson there for me is that it's kind of, you don't, you don't need this whole elaborate plan when you haven't even started yet. It's, it's because, you know, there isn't enough there to need a big plan yet you can kind of keep most of it in your head to a certain point and then once there's enough momentum and once it's gotten large enough then you can kind of you know take that that extra step and and you know start organizing it and and in another in another kind of example i mean that would be your first draft that would be the approach of sitting down and writing something just writing something Mm -hmm. and then going back and really structuring it into something good i mean that that would be a similar approach of, you know, writing a first draft stream of consciousness and then writing the second draft really structured and ordered and exact with all your details. Right, right. That's the same basic approach. It's just for me, I can't sit in a room and write and wait for feedback. I got to have it now. <laughs> Indeed. I think that's a, that's a good point. And on, do you have any other uh, advice for me? Um, well, <laughs> me, I, me, I, me. <laughs> Actually, it's interesting that you you say you, 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 because I don't think we've touched enough on your approach. 
I think, I mean, if you're, if you're trying to wrap up here, I understand if you have a, a time cap or whatever, but I think it might serve this conversation well to, uh, for you. I, I think we've reached the agreement that, that you and I are equally valid and equally good at what we do, but we have a lot to offer each other. And it might not hurt the audience who's listened to me for the better part of an hour to, to hear <laughs> what your approach is. I mean, you you make stuff of a much better quality than I do because you spend time on it and you you really want to make it the best it can be. And, for example, um, I recently uh, tasked someone with making a logo for our show. Mm-hmm. And, and this is how this conversation came up. <laughs> you You sided with this person and said, oh, that's Al. He's going to bug you. Get it done. Get it done. Get it done. And you know you were you were uh, sort of commiserating well, with her. About, I, I was I was telling her to be careful what it was that the first thing she showed you because you would probably mm-hmm. just take it and run instead because of actually stuff, coming back to me. I got a fucking show to make. I can't wait for you people. <laughs> That's my approach, and you know, <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of you know. There's a little bit of uh, of, of facetiousness there. Like I don't, oh I'm, sure no. I was I was joking yeah, around with her on, but, on both on both our parts. Like, yeah, I, I I do tend to be impatient and. Honestly, there gets to be a point where if I'm asking someone who's particularly talented, who tends to take their time with things to do mm-hmm. something and they haven't done it, it drives me nuts. Do it. <laughs> do something. Let's go. So it's more it's, – it's not, it's not that you're annoyed with them necessarily, but you're concerned for their, their lack of motion for their sake. No. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, that, I mean, okay. There's impatience, but but in a broader sense, uh-huh. and and really, I mean, being totally serious, it's not really in the context of the podcast. Mm. If I need something from someone and they're not doing it, I'm getting frustrated because we're not serving the overall needs of the show. The project is not getting done because I'm waiting on you. Right. My mo- my my inertia is coasting to a halt because I'm depending on you to keep moving, and you're not moving in my in my outlook. I see. But let's look at the other side of that coin, really. It's only fair in this kind of discussion to <laughs> – because your your position is equally as valid as mine, and, and I don't have all the answers. You have well, half. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that it is, actually. I, I kind of like – I've been going with my my process, my broken process for so long that <laughs> I I realize that, you know, there there really is something to the way – I mean, obviously, you've produced all this this stuff. I mean, you know, whatever you want to say self-deprecatingly about the quality, it's at least it's out there. And I, I spend an awful lot of time uh, refining ideas in my head and not, you know, sometimes not even getting anything on the paper. I just like kind of obsess over it. And and um, OK, but on the other hand, when you look at something like my Transformers reviews and, mm-hmm. and people look at that and they say, oh, this is some guy in his house with his webcam talking about a cartoon. Who cares? When you sit down and do something visual, you make something that ends up looking like a professional film. You've done a couple of things in recent uh, recent memory mm-hmm. that really look like – and part of that is because you're working in a professional atmosphere and you have the tools and you've, you've learned right. the talent. But a lot of it is because you have that drive to be – to get it right. Well, sure. I mean, but it's – I mean, I guess I guess in, a, in some way it's, it's a lot like – you know what what you're saying just because i i've been focusing more on the visual medium it's not necessarily different from that all that different from your process cuz I, I mean you know i spent the last decade and a half plus uh you know working on video and being an so, editor and refining that skill and you know getting better at that so it's it's not like 
I just came out of nowhere and suddenly did this great video. It's, you know. Well, no, but and I and I feel the same way about writing to some extent. I feel like I'm a much better comedy writer than I was 15 years ago because I've been working at it. So, I mean, mm-hmm. in in that regard, they're 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 similar to compare except that you're making a living at it and I'm not. But <laughs> but I mean, that's an important detail, but but really we've both been working at what we like to do. But my point is I tend to see you do the best stuff or really produce stuff like you know um pretty much consistently when you're participating in something like the 48 hour film project or right. uh, you recently did a, a contest for for an online online retailer i don't know if you want to amazon okay <laughs> I, I wasn't sure what the deal was if you're allowed to say or whatever but yes you no, did a commercial you, sure you, you were in a contest for amazon where I you, so. you produced a, a commercial that looked like a commercial you would see on tv right. and it doesn't seem like it took you that long to do it because you had something pushing you to go and you had that momentum and you had that nut. Right. I had a deadline that was is... externally applied in, in both of those right. situations. Okay. So? Uh, uh, right. So I tend, I tend not to apply my own deadlines. I mean, maybe that's that's something I need to learn to do for myself. Well, either you need to learn to do it for yourself or, I mean, let's face it, we're 30. Well, you'll be 35 soon enough. We're yep. We're coming up on 40. We're getting to the point in our lives that, yes, you of course, you can always change. You can always grow and be a better person. But you also reach a point where you have to acknowledge certain limitations in yourself and learn to work around them. Mm-hmm. And that's and say, what I'm trying to do. Yeah, and not necessarily say, okay, I'm going to keep beating myself up because I don't know how to how to motivate myself. Instead, look at it as I've been motivated in situations where people give me a kick in the ass. Maybe I need more people kicking me in the ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like recognizing situations that work best for you and, and, and trying to create those situations. That's a good point. I mean, maybe I, I think I, I tend, I tend to not, I don't know. I tend to not have realistic goals sometimes. And, and that's, if you I'm not, I'm not sure. Oh, go if, ahead. If you think that's something you can't fix, I mean that you should try to fix it, of course. But if you think that's something it's just it's too insurmountable to fix, maybe you should start putting yourself in position where someone else is setting your your deadlines for you. Right. I mean, finding finding someone who I can just confide in, you know, and who, who keeps asking me, "Oh, okay, so is that done yet? Do you have that? Right. Okay, have you made have you made some progress?" And a, and a big part of my process these days, it, it took me a long time to get here, is uh, collaborators. Is I. I got. Oh. The, the beginning part of that of that motive to, to get the momentum going yeah. is knowing that, you know, knowing that I'm not going to get Matt moving unless I provide a good example, knowing that, you know, <laughs> he's not going to write script two unless I've written script one. And he's not going to, I, you know, if I'm bugging him to do because I got to do script three, you know what I'm saying? Like right. having someone to help you, like you can't do it all yourself. There's there's no way. That's a good point. I mean, I, I kind of keep. I get I get pissed at myself because I I feel like and and I'm sure other people would say this too I have very little self control. <laughs> I'm like you're talking to the king of no <laughs> self control here. That's you know, uh, and I you know it's like I, I I think that goes back to what you're saying earlier on. It's like I really you know even even if I set a goal for myself and I just like miss it by a little bit, I kind of kick myself over it because it's just like you know you stupid ass why didn't you do that you could have done it you had plenty of time you procrastinated the hell out of today and you didn't actually get anything done it was and i'm it it seems like it seems a snowball sometimes where i'm just right well let's let's look at real quick let's look at our 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 earlier pedantic example of driving a car Mm -hmm. just because it's already there and, and we can go with it 
you you live in Maryland. Your parents live in Florida. Let's use this as an example. Sure. Let's say you're going to take the kids and the wife down to see your parents. Mm-hmm. You say, okay, it's a what is it, a 12 hour drive or something? I'm gonna, it's I'm gonna 14. Okay, but <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in my car at six o'clock this morning, and by eight o'clock tonight, I'm gonna be there. Mm-hmm. You got if you loaded everybody up in your car and you drove, and by eight o'clock that night, you were only in Georgia. And that's would, that's happened. I'm would sure you, many times. Would you stop and turn around and go back home? <laughs> well, or would you keep driving to Florida? Because that's, that's not a goal. that's not a good example because it's more effort to drive all the way back home than it is to go the short distance to Florida. If I could just quit and be done and just like stay and live in Georgia, that would be a different. <laughs> but, but for me, no, it's. I mean, I see what you're saying, but for me, it is an apt example because if I've done three quarters of a project, for mm-hmm. me, it's easier just to finish it than to stop. That's true. That's and, true. But getting yeah, to that three quarter points is uh, is perhaps well, yeah. further than I sometimes get. Well, I mean, but but the point I'm trying to make is admonishing yourself for not making a deadline. If you're just not serious about it, that's a whole other issue. But right. if you've made an earnest effort and you've really made some progress and you just haven't finished yet, right? Well, finish. Who cares about your deadline? Just finish. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But I, I guess a lot of times the issue is... Yeah, you may be talking about a whole made, other problem where you're just not I haven't doing made progress. It. Yes, exactly. I've been not <laughs> not doing it. Then that's a motivation issue. That's a whole other thing, and I can't help you there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, but my, yeah, my, I mean, my that's overall... A, that's is, another issue I need to solve in myself because I, I know that's, that's something That's an issue that, everybody needs to solve for themselves. I mean... yeah. And it's it's an issue that I, I also think we beat ourselves up over because I think I am an unmotivated person and people tell me I'm highly motivated and I don't see it. Right. And I, I feel the same with you. You think you're not motivated at all and I see all this stuff that you do and I say, well, really? <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe we have different levels of, of, of approach to creative stuff. But overall, you know. There's a reason I'm working a, a crappy job that requires none of my concentration right now. It's so I can concentrate on, you know, this frivolous crap. Right. I mean, but, I, you know, I don't know. I, there's, I, I, this is, this is probably a whole nother issue. It's just like, I, you know, I have this gigantic, um, uh, you know, boxes and boxes full of stuff. That's uh, like family photo archives and genealogical stuff that has been entrusted to me for, well, the better part of the last five years, I think, um, by my folks and, and some other people in the family because, well, you know, you're the computer guy and you get this <laughs> into the computer and we can all have digital copies of these photos and this great stuff. And they've just kind of sat there and moved from me with me from house to house and uh, hadn't actually gotten done. I, I even bought a slide scanner because my grandfather took tons and tons and tons of slides. Sure. Um, he was really into that kind of photography. And it was like I like found this is the best one I could find. I'm going to get that and make sure they're really great quality and uh, get them in there. And it it's like you could do four at a time, and it took like 40 minutes <laughs> to Ugh. scan these. It was like incredibly, incredibly slow. And so I just kind of abandoned the project at some point because it's just like I'm not making progress here. Even though these are great quality, I'm not making progress. And, and I couldn't even go down to a low enough quality to make any sort of progress that I wanted. So like, I finally, I like, I got rid of that out of the scanner. It's, it's been a, uh, almost a year and a half now that I haven't done anything with them again. I finally was just like, okay, I need to get these out of the house. Cause my mom said to me in a telephone call recently, you know, I was like, well, you know, if 
we don't have space uh, in your house. You know, we, we can take those back. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. well, uh, okay, that's that's kind of a you know, I need to do something with it one way or the other, and let's let's actually do the thing that I actually set it to do. And I found a scanner that's you know maybe not as good as the other scanner, but I can batch and do twelve at a time, and it's a lot faster. And you know, I, I'm I'm hoping, I'm thinking, you know, I can get this done actually now. Because it'll be something that I can actually, you know, pop in, do a huge batch at one time. I don't have to, like, say, sure. babysit it and and I can kind of plow through these. Well, now, um, see, right there, you've summed up the difference between your approach and my approach. Mm-hmm. You wanted to do it a really nice, you know, really nice way, and it took too long and it didn't get done. Then right. you decided to compromise quality, and now you're getting it done. Right. That's That's you and me right there, man. Right. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm kind of approaching it from the, the idea that, you know, most of it, it's just like, I, it doesn't even need to be this like super, super high resolution, you know, that, that I really want just because for no reason other than it's my grandfather's stuff and has a sentimental value for me. And I just you want like it to look as to good be, as it can. Yeah. You like, and, but that's your overall approach to everything. And that's not a criticism. That's usually right. a compliment. You like things to be as nice as they can be. If you buy a TV, you want it to be the best crispest, you know, best color, everything. Sure. TV, whereas I just sure. want to watch a TV show. I don't care. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But that's um, kind of your approach to everything. And it seems like, well, I think I kind of needed to realize that it's not, you know, it's not just for me. Right. It's not something I can spend the next 80 years of my life, you know, <laughs> scanning four slides a weekend. Well, I, <laughs> yeah. I will say this, though. Uh, you, you know, you got a kid who's uh, almost 13 and, uh, you know, they're uh, free uh, free labor for another five years. You might yes. want to look at that. Yes, yes. I was, <laughs> I've been considering that. But the, <laughs> but the operative I, I moment, I guess, uh, was, you know, just just realizing this isn't just for me. This is for everybody else and everybody else. They don't care as much as i do about the precise quality of these they just want to see them but that's really and if i can do that and and get them out there and actually get it done and get everybody looking at them and and they can label them with oh this one has uncle frank and you know whatever (laughs) and you know that itself is much much more useful than having the best most perfect scan of each one well, yeah, because that let's be honest, exist. your your family's not going to be around forever. I mean, our, we're we're getting older, and of course, our parents and our extended families are getting older. And right. The longer you sit on that, the less time they're going to have to really appreciate them. And so, right. there is definitely a drive to get that that done. And that evolution's still there. You know, like I have the actual physical slides. If I ever, mm-hmm. you know, find a really great one that I want to go back and blow up and make a you know big print or or whatever, I can go back and rescan it. You know, add a better quality later, and then worry about that then. But it's not something I need to do for every single one. I just need to get it done. Well, but in essence, it seems really like you've summed up my creative process right there in that in that example. Mm. You looked at you looked at your audience. You looked at what you think your audience will be willing to accept over what you know you can do better, and you're just doing it because you know, yes, your audience might appreciate it if it's a little better, but they probably won't know the difference. Yeah, and that's and really that's, what I need to learn. I think. Yeah. Whereas I need to learn, you know. Like if you scan it at such a low resolution, you can't even tell which one's mom and which one's dad. Uh, you know, because <laughs> again, there are certainly drawbacks to my approach. When you jump in and do it, you often don't know what you're doing, and uh, I've run into more than my share of that. There are some web comics where you just can't tell which characters which or what they're supposed to be doing, and there's you know mm-hmm. podcasts where you can't hear the guest. I mean, you know, I just wanted to be clear before we finish this that that there's a definite downside to my approach, and that is you know, although good, good enough sometimes isn't. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I have to admit, there, there's enough. 
times early on in my life that I did uh, exactly that, where you know I just kind of jumped in and didn't know what the hell I was doing and figured it out along the way, and that was, I, you know, that was that was a really great learning experience, and I think, you know, kind of having. A little bit more of that, you know, seat of your pants is actually would be a really good thing. I actually kind of miss that. Sure. And and alternately, and I'm not just saying this to, to compliment what you said, but no kidding. I would like it if I made a podcast where you can't hear, you know, the hiss and you can't hear that, you know, like you, you can like uh, Dave, our, our voice guy, our, our mutual friend, Dave Fields, um, mm-hmm. mentioned that he listened to a recent show and it sounded almost professional. And I want that almost to go away. <laughs> like I'm actually to the point now in the process where I'm comfortable enough doing it and I want to work on that. I want it polished and I want, I want him to say it sounds professional and not have to qualify it. Hmm. So I'm, I'm learning a similar lesson, you know, in the other direction. I, now that I'm running, I need to know where I'm going. <laughs> well, I think you're, you're definitely on the way. It's been sounding really good. Well, good. And, and, you know, that's something we can, we can talk about after this. I don't want to bore <laughs> your audience with, with that kind of crap, but uh, no I think it's gotten better. But um, I, my point is, as we, you and I, over the years, and we've known each other for, what, 16 years now, 17, 18 years, some ridiculous thing like that? Yeah, something like that. Um, I've, no, I've known you for longer than I've not known you. Right. We, the thing we always come back to after we have the arguments and everything else is, you know, probably a little column A and a little column B. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you, you know, I'm, I'm McCoy and you're Spock and we need Kirk in the middle <laughs> or something, you know. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. Al, where can uh, where can our listeners find you? Oh, uh, I live in Seattle. Uh, how about online? <laughs> right. Um, the the website for mostly just the podcast, but I do web comics. I do other the the Transformers reviews I mentioned. I try lots of stuff. Is uh, algar dot com double a l g a r dot com. Uh, the podcast is the Sarcastic Voyage podcast. We are all around the web. We're on iTunes. We're on my website. We're working on our own website and. Allegedly, we're in the Zoom marketplace, but I haven't found anyone with a Zoom to verify that for me. So, <laughs> and uh, and you're on Twitter too, right? Yes, it's uh, again double uh, A L G A R. I talk a lot. If you follow me, you're gonna unfollow me because <laughs> I like to talk. I'm warning you now. Well, I am Bob Tiki on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. The show was produced by me, Ron Algar-Watt, and featured Mark Bosco. To learn more about the Sarcastic Voyage podcast, check out sarcasticvoyage.com. To learn more about the Post-Atomic Horror podcast, check out postatomichorror.com. Or if you just want to see everything I'm working on in one big pile, go to algar.com. That's double A-L-G-A-R. Thanks for listening. You were always my favorite. And you smell nice, too. <laughs>